when angels sinned against God, according to the record of Jude, they were cast down to hell, and they were reserved under, under, under punishment. The angels which kept not the first estate, but left their own habitation, had he reserved in everlasting chains under darkness. And your Greek says under suffering, under the judgment of that great day. The next verse shows you the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he did not say they suffered back when they were blinded and they were finally destroyed in Sodom. Come on. But he said, even as Sodom and Gomorrah, giving themselves over the strange lust, are set forth as an example of suffering. Not had suffered, not will suffer, but suffering now. That's put in the present tense there. You mean to tell me the homosexuals of Sodom and Gomorrah have been in hell ever since Sodom? That's right. Have been in suffering ever since Sodom? Yes. Some people don't believe that, but you read it in your Bible. I call your attention to another factor here. That the Bible plainly makes it clear that man, when he dies, goes to a long home. The first 11 chapters of Ecclesiastes have the question mark because it deals with under the sun. Come on. This I've seen under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. What, uh, what the wise man can learn under the sun. If you want philosophy and psychology at its best, Read the first 11 chapters of Ecclesiastes. All the knowledge you can obtain about man is written in those 11 chapters under the sun. But if you want to get to the knowledge beyond the sun, above the sun, in the 12th chapter, he got above the sun. He said, remember thy Creator in the days of thy youth. Come on. Under the sun, he asked the question, What remnants as a man over a beast? Has one died, so died the other? The animals die, man dies. What difference are they? Above the sun, he gives the answer. The dust returned to the dust, whence it cometh, the Spirit of God which give it. Come on. Under the sun, he, asked, he said, There's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. That's the natural state of men on earth. Get a mother, son of the Creator. Here, the conclusion of the whole matter to fear God and keep His commandments is the whole man. See it? When you get to God, it changes things. The answers to life are found the, uh, uh, when you get to the Creator. And He says, Remember thy Creator, because the time is going to come when they that look out of the windows are damn the eyes. The grinders are low, the teeth, my brother, go out of the mouth. You have to put false teeth in. And, yet, and the days when I shall have no pleasure in them. Life doesn't pour the pleasures of youth anymore. Because you're, your back begins to bend with years. Gray hair come in your countenance. And my brother, the Bible said that, uh, uh, the Bible it turns right around and tells you the dust, return of the dust whence it cometh. The Spirit that God was given, and man goeth to what? His long home. I said in the Adventist one time, approached me on the subject of eternal life. And I said, under the sun, there isn't any devil. Well, what we, the Bible says, under the sun, do with thy might, with thy hands, with all thy might, for there is no knowledge, no reward in the grave where thy goest. He quoted those passages just like the Jehovah's Witness. 
And I said, what are you going to do with the fact that man goes to a long haul when he leaves this life? Oh, he said, that reference to a saint. I said, you don't read it there. doesn't have reference to a saint at all. It had reference to a man. Saint or sinner alike. Go to a long home. My grandfather lived 116 years old. You say he was a long time here, but he's he's you know, gone to his long home now. Think of that for a change. I man beyond eternity, beyond time is going to exist forever. I think the greatest authority you can take on the teachings of hell is the authority of the Son of God. Jesus Christ, my brother, taught hell. He taught hell more than he taught heaven. Come on. One of the strange and unusual verses that no scholar in the world can get away from is found, my brother, where Jesus said, If you offend one of these little ones, let it for a millstone be put it, cast around your neck, and you'll be drowned in that word. Drowned is, in the Greek is bethizo. Sink to immerse. He said, uh, 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 drowned it in the depth of the sea. Better you never hold on. If you're going to offend the child of God, better never live. But if there's no life beyond the grave, life uh, uh, is more important for you to live here. Come on. But the Bible here proves that if you're going to offend the child of God, better you never existed. Because there's a greater punishment beyond the grave. And he said, if the hand offend thee, you use this hand to offend the child of God. Better to have never had, better, better be maimed. You leave these feet to offend the child of God, better to be crippled. Come on. He said, that if, uh, uh, and if, uh, he said, if the hand offend thee, cut it off, for better than a life off, for thy whole body be cast into hell far, where the worm dieth not, and their fire is not quenched. If thy hand, uh, if thy leg offend thee, cut it off. Better than like maimed, the whole body be cast into hell fire, where the worm dieth not, and their fire is not quenched. Come on. May I inform you one thing right now? What does the language have to note here? This body, this body can be used for God, and if you use it for God, it's better to have hands, it's better to have feet. But if you use it against God, Better you never have arms or legs or hands at all. Come on. Because you're going to be cast into hell fire where the worm will never die. And the fire is not quenched. The two ways in that DNR of disposing of a physical body. One was by putting it in fire and it would quench the fire. The other, my brother, was a simple method of letting it die and decay. Worms and devout that, devout that, uh, devour that body. And when that body was devoured, my brother, the worms would die. But Jesus taught them eternal punishment where the worms would never die. The body will be everlastingly afflicted in eternal death. There will be internal, internal punishment, internal effect in the human, in the physical form, and the body will never decay by it. Million years from now, you will have the same, you will have a body, my brother, in which it will be impossible for that body to decay or pass away. And that body will not quench the powers of hell. Come on. It'll go on forever in it. 
And he taught my brother both by this two things, internal and external. Internal, my meaning the words, devour the body from inside and out. And external is the flames of fire being, uh, the flames of, uh, of, of hell, the flame of fire, the body being quenched by the flames upon the outside. And I do not intend to spend the time tonight discussing my brother the outward tortures of hell, of what the Bible means by a lake of fire. I do not believe in it. You say, oh, that's spiritual. That's figurative language. If it's figurative language, it's even worse. Come on. If, there's, if it's literal fire, be less punishment than if it was spiritually applied to some, some place of torture. Come on. I do not intend to speak concerning that, but I want to talk about the inner tortures of, of a man beyond the grave, beyond the eternity, where you'll have everlastingly dying on the inside and never die. Everlasting torture uh, on the inside and not have it. You have it described in the words of Christ. We told uh, how rich men died and in hell he lifted up his eyes. And he was tormented in the flames. Read it. He was able to see the glories of the world beyond this. And at the same time, he was beyond the grave. And at the same time, he was to, able to know the tortures, of the, the tortures that he was experiencing in hell. And he was also able to remember the past of his life, his sojourn on earth. I just call your attention to this fact that there are going to be in hell the consciousness of your being to remember. If you can take away from your, your past and never remember any sin that you ever committed, never remember any act of disobedience, never remember any time that you turned uh, the opposite of a holy God. Come on. If there was ever in your memory, if you could trace, by, run from your memory, Every, every time your conscience had been pricked because of an evil act, or every time that you had walked disobedient to God, every time you had worked some ill will against a human being, come on. Every uh, secret sin of your life, if you can drive it from your mind now. But this is not going to be possible in hell. Come on. People, in order to get away from their crimes on planet Earth, do many things. One of the first things that occupies the mind of man in his, in his transition here on planet Earth, that he can use my brother to get away from his sins and his crimes against mankind and against humanity, is pleasure. How the pleasure of sin, my brother can walk to my, can forget about yesterday, forget about the mistreatment of, of past years gone by. The murder or the crime that's committed, the evil you've done in society can soon be forgotten by uh, at a drunken brawl or a, 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 a sex party or some sensuality, a, dirt, a dirty way of living. Come on. The drug addict can murder my brother and seem to have no conscience about it. Why? Because he has more drugs to take to drive from his memory the crime that he committed. 
the alcoholic can commit the crime, my brother, and in and, and an awful state of doing so, can do it in my brother. It will retain on his mind, will retain for a while on his mind, but he can drink his booze in that the while. His conscience is said, his conscience is said without strong drink. Come on. The Bible tells us the men that prosper. The Bible said, "Give not thy strength to kings, nor the way that destroy. Uh, give not thy strength to women, nor the ways that destroy kings." Uh, Solomon's mother said that to her son. Then said, "It's not good for princes to drink wine, or kings strong drink, lest they forget." You catch it? Lest they forget. Lest they forget. Strong drink is a means of forgetting the past. And the pleasure of sin can drive away uh, the guilt of your conscience. Come on. How many multiplied thousands, my brother, have attended church services where they got a guilt of conscience, left that service and went out, following the pleasures of the world, the pleasures of sin, and their conscience didn't trouble them until they got to hell. Now there's no pleasure in hell. No pleasure there. Nothing, my brother, entertain the mind. Nothing to drive the guilt of the past away. Nothing to remove the secret sins from their mind. Nothing, my brother, to cover up the sin they wouldn't want mother to know, father to know, husband to know, wife to know, or society to know, or the next door neighbor to know. The Enterprise Alabama, I don't know the truth of this story, but it show, it'll show you what I mean. There's a young girl that I understood was courting a young man. He was an intern in a hospital. The young girl, I understood, was the daughter of a judge in this, uh, that county. Very outstanding personality. Had made a lot of, tremendous lot of money. And owned a lot of real estate in the prize. The girl was courting this young medical doctor. Man studying to be a medical doctor. And the, uh, her, uh, she wanted to marry this young man. The father objected to it. Objected to man, this young medical doctor. So one weary night, she went to the back porch and flickered the, flicked the light on. And that young medical doctor, my brother, crawled over the wall. Went up the stairs when the old man was in bed, sick at the time. Drove my brother a nail right through his skull and killed him. Pat sat up and claimed he fell down, fell down and injured himself that way. They concealed that murder. The young couple got married and took his money and went on their honeymoon. They came back to Enterprise, Alabama, where this young man had turned now become a successful medical doctor in the city. Suddenly, my brother, they had planned to move the high, move the graveyard right straight through the graveyard to put a high a road there. This medical doctor objected to it. I said, my father-in-law was an outstanding citizen, but they still tried to move him. When they started moving that, they started digging this old grave casket up. And when they did, the skull fell out. The sheriff of the county saw the hole in the skull and the rusty nail that had been driven there. He put that skull in his hands and he went to the door. Uh, this relational home that they lived in now, outstanding citizens. He went to that door and walked into that door. 
and helped this girl, and he said, when she opened the door, he said, your father, and she screamed, take it away, take it away, I've never been able to get away from it. I've never been able to get away, able to get away from it. I've had to get all liquor and strong drink to try to drive in my mind. But there's a million years in hell. There'll be no strong drink, no pleasure of sin to wipe away your sin and the darkness in your memory. How many men have committed crimes against human society and women alike? have got so occupied in business, occupied with business affairs, wrapped up in making dollars and silver and gold, and anything they can do is justify them because they got a profit out of it. Any kind of deal they could pull, my brother, on human society was all right because it was their own shrewdness. They were clever and smart, but dishonest as the devil could make them. But they used business to got away the fact of their crime to their sin. I sat across the table with a man, my brother, in, in, in Madison, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. He was a well, very wealthy man, being entertained there, and I was closing the revival that night. This closing the revival that night. This woman, this man sat across the table and told me how he wrote a check for $10,000 to Earl Roberts. Give it to Earl Roberts. I said, uh, Brother Henry, I want you to tell me about your conversion. When did you get saved? And he told me about how the Lord convicted him and his wife for swindling a man out of $50,000. I looked across the table at him and I said, Brother Henry, did you ever pay the man back the 50000 I knew he's worth over a million dollars. Oh, you don't have to do that. I said, no, you don't. You and your wife both can go to hell. Mm, that was pretty rough. He said, you wore your welcome out, sir. You just leave this place. I said, all right, but you'll meet God at the judgment. And if you haven't straightened, you've got the money to pay that and straighten it up. And you don't straighten it up, you'll burn. If you're willing to straighten it up and can't, that's a different story. Come on. I could cut a man's arm off as a sinner and I couldn't restore that arm. Come on. There, I could cheat a man out of $50 million dollars. And then go broke, and I wouldn't be able to repay that $50 million. But this man had the money and the means to do it. And I, I said, if you're not willing to straighten that up, sir, you'll never go to heaven. <laughs> he, he, he said, you wore your welcome out. I, started, I said, I'll get my clothes. He said, you won't have to. I'll get them for you. He got them and met me at the door and said, goodbye. I walked out the door, went to the church that night. And walked in and put my uh, uh, suitcase in the back of that, back of the church. Preached that night. Somebody said, where's Brother Henry at? I said, I don't know. He didn't show up tonight. I didn't go in detail. I was preaching at Bowling Green, Kentucky, a big tent meeting there. That night I stood up and told the audience of people, I'm in... I need $6,000 to pay the rest of this tent off. That man jumped to his feet and said, you don't, owe a you don't need a dime. Here's your check, Brother Lindsay. And he brought that check down there and told me after the service, he said, 
You were right. I paid that $50,000 back. And I've got it. I've never been more blessed in my life. But why hear me now? How much more can a man pay you something to entertain his mind? Business affairs occupy him so much. Religious affairs occupy his mind so much. And his mind is so occupied that his conscience is not disturbed. Come on. But there will be no occupation in hell, no pleasure, no pleasure, no business, no religious action. Hold on it. His mind will be free, my brother, uh, free forever to be tormented by, by his past sins who will haunt him every moment of his existence throughout all eternity. No release. Oh, if he could run away, the fact that he turned down Christ, who rejected the Savior, who refused the Son of God. If he could just call back every song service he had ever heard. If he could call back every sermon, a warning he'd ever heard. If he could call about every sermon that told him of the love of God. If he could ever told it, my mentor, call back the hours and moments when his conscience was tender. Oh, but now, now, he has no time to relax. No time to re- uh, time, my brother, time off. Nothing that run away from his mind the guilt of his sin. Hear me. The remembrance. The remembrance of the past. And hell is going to be a place, my brother, where every secret sin of your life is going to be revealed, manifested to you. I thank God that there are a lot of things that you've, you and I have done in life we don't have to tell the world about. Come on. <laughs> Glory. But we can trust the mercy of the Lord and the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ and the great God of heaven, my brother, forgives their past. Come on. I don't like to talk about my past a great deal. I don't I want to talk about the year and the time that I rebelled against God. I don't want to talk about His mercy and His forgiveness and the peace of God that come to my heart and the secret sins of my life will never be manifested in hell. When the word justification means an act of a judge to declare one innocent as though they never committed a crime, I'm justified through the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Christ, God has declared me innocent as though I never committed one sin. Oh, glory. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, but the secret sin of your life will be ever there to be torture your soul. Everybody on the wall about you then. Come on. Your associates in hell, and there'll not be any friendship there. Friendship is only known for this time. Only known for this planet Earth. There'll be no friendship in hell. And I give you the, third, the fourth reason why I know that hell's going to be torturous. It's because hell's a place of continually hate. Come on. The very moment that Satan found out that God, in his rebellion against God, that God had nothing but wrath for him. Come on. He was sentenced in the book of, reading the book of the 38th chapter of Ezekiel and the 14th chapter of Isaiah, how Satan sentenced to the judgment of God Almighty. Satan, therefore, had nothing but hatred for God ever, ever moment of the hour. When God said, Depart from me, you cursed everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. When God said, Depart, somebody said, Oh, God, don't send you to hell. He does. 
Don't you kid anybody. The bind him hand and foot, cast him in out of darkness is what God, the Scripture says of him. Come on. God sends men to hell, and everybody that goes there deserves to go there. Come on. There's a holy God, a sinner, a man that lives every moment of his life, every thought of his mind, every desire of his soul, and every act of his body against the Creator from the time he's born to the day he leaves this life. Lives every second of it a rebel against God. Lives, lives every second of it with his mind against God, his will against God, his action against God. Nothing he does is yielded to Christ. Nothing is yielded to God. Total rebellion. That's the case of every sinner. Come on. man like that deserves to go to hell. Hear me right now. Depart me, ye cursed, everlasting fire. When the sentence is executed from the ju- at the judgment bar of God Almighty, when the soul, my brother, is cast from His divine presence forever, he will have nothing but intensified hate against God. He will hate God every, sa- every breath that He breathes. Every part of His entire existence in hell will be an existence of hate, eternal hate against God. And anyone who hates brother is certainly not a happy person. One of the tortures of hell is that you will not only hate God, you will hate each other. You will hate the people that sent, uh, help you to go to hell. People, my brother, that laugh. People, my brother, that uh, people that laugh. Uh, people that turn their back, would turn their back on you because you become a Christian. You will hate them in hell. The people you drank with and wrestling with and had sex parties with, and the people that you live the dirty life with. Uh, if you go to hell, you will hate each other. Come on. It's a world full of hate. Nothing but hate. You see a glimpse of that on planet Earth today. Come on. The human family, my brother, there's multiplied millions and millions of children in this country that need the love of a mother and the love of a father. (laughs) Every homosexual in this country needs the love of a real father. Come on. That's the reason most of them are homosexuals, because they didn't have the love of a real father. Think of living in a world where they'll have no love for, nobody will have any love for them. One thing, if you are in something you want is a friendship, somebody to visit your bedside, somebody to comfort you, somebody, my brother, to give you, put you at ease for a few moments. But you'll have no comfort in hell, no ease, my brother, nobody to sympathize with you, nobody to love you. Heaven become brass to your cry, eternal asking God for mercy and not finding it. <laughs> oh, hear me tonight. If you live with that in sin and die in sin, you will burn. There's an eternal hell waiting you. You say, I've been baptized. More than hell's properly with people that's been baptized. But I profess faith in Christ. The millions of people that profess faith in Christ are in hell right now. Faith produces obedience. And if you're not obeying God, you don't have faith. Come on. Peter said to us that believe is precious, but to the unbelie- uh, uh, but to the disobedient is the rock of a friend. He's one thing to the child of God. He's precious. He's a believer. But if I'm disobedient to God, he, I, he's another thing to me. To the disobedient, he's the rock of offense. Come on now. You can't be a believer and be disobedient. Who you think you're kidding? You're playing games with Christianity. 
You live that kind of life of disobedience and die believing you're going to heaven, deceived by the powers of darkness and the demonic force of hell, make you believe that you can live any way and do everything you want to do and still go to heaven. Come on. You will not sell out totally to the Lord and say, Lord, you take over and have my life and rule my life and govern my life. Come on. You cannot be totally. Somebody said, well, I, was, I made Jesus Christ the Savior of my soul. Later, I made him the Lord of my life. That's an impossibility. If he's either Lord or he's not Savior. Because if, he, if he's raised from the grave, he, if he's resurrected in the grave, he's Lord. And his resurrection is necessary for your salvation. If Christ be not risen, we are yet among all men most miserable. If Christ be not risen, we are yet in our sin. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want to stop right now to say it's a world of hate. Hate. People that lie, smile at your sin, smile at your wickedness, sort of smile at your evil. Come on. And take sin lightly. They do it because they don't believe in eternal punishment. Our generation that makes the light of every crime committed, and you can commit a crime today and, 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 and serve my brother, uh, serve, uh, commit crime, a murder today and serve no more time you'd steal a loaf of bread 20 years ago. Come on. We're a generation that don't believe in punishing men. We're a generation that never talked the punishing of anybody. In, in our schools, of uh, psychological thinking, they say don't correct a child anymore. But the Bible said, he the spirit the rod hated his own son. Come on. In the courts of our country, they don't believe in punishing people anymore. Come on. Our institution, penal institution, don't, don't uh, allow men to stay there very long. We have got away from the fact that God's a holy God, too, that he punishes sin in the religious world. And more, more people are claiming Christianity uh, as a blessing program, a prosperity program, without my brother the realization of their sins are forgiven. And they've taken the sin question lightly. But the sin question wasn't lightly. Calvary, he suffered for your sin. He spared not his own son. He delivered him up for you and I. One of the greatest reasons for believing in hell is, uh, is Calvary. Come on. Oh, sometimes I'd love to discuss that for about three hours. But I'm not going to do it tonight. Don't get excited. Now, not only is it a place of eternal hell, I mean eternal hatred, but last of all, it's a place of lost hope. One of the saddest pictures, my brother, in life is to go up to a hospital where someone, loved one, is about to die, and the doctor says there's no hope. As long as there's hope for him, they don't feel too bad. But when they say there's no hope for him, the household and the family all gets disturbed. And I want to inform you that in hell... There'll be no hope. God said, Depart from me, curse! Bind him hand and foot, hand 
and foot. He can't move an arm. He can't move a leg. He can do nothing about it. Come on. There's no action, my brother, on the part of a sinner to get out of hell. He's helpless. He's under the eternal wrath of God Almighty forever. No hope. See if this year go by, no hope. Million years go by, no hope. A million more, no hope. And with the loss of hope, my brother continues to drive. It drives into a state, my brother, of entire hatred. And his hatred of God grows with more as the years go by. You say, I can't conceive of a God that would punish a man that way. The truth about it is you can't conceive of sin in the first place. There isn't no sinner out on planet earth can explain how one sin offends God Almighty. Come on. How many sins does the Bible say Adam committed? One. What has happened since the sin of Adam? Come on. Look at the results of the sin of Adam. Think of the million hospital beds of the crying and the dying and the suffering of humanity. Come on. One sin. One sin! Come on, let's go again. What are the results of it? Look at the battlefield with the bodies of men blown to pieces. Come on. The one sin! Look at the abortion clinics where they murder the unborn children. Come on. One sin! Look, my brother, the insane asylums that are crowded out with people that will scream and yell all during the night and all the next day and all the day following that. You don't believe in hell? One sin! Look at that deformed bodies as they're played up and down in front of you. You don't believe in hell? One sin! Tell me, sir! One sin! Look at all the wounded uh, men in life, all the crippled bodies in life, all the blind people in life, all the deaf people in life. Come on. One sin! All the revolutions in life, all the butchering of millions of people, all the freezing to death, all the torture chambers of history. Come on, one sin. All the bodies of people that have been mangled and bruised and beaten as prisoners, my brother, and tortured with the hours. Come on. They torture by every diabolical means you can think of. They put, put, uh, put my brother, uh, uh, drove nails under their fingernails. They put their eyes out. They turned my brother and bro, uh, took tart, uh, hot flame of fire and put their eyes out. They pulled them over the rack and pulled their bodies apart. They, my brother took wild fed into wild beast and wild animals. They burned, their, burned them at the stake. They've had a torture. They cut their heads off. They've had torture of every diabolical mean you can think of. One sin! How many of you committed? Come on. Don't talk to me about gender. You don't believe in hell. Don't tell me you don't deserve the punish eternally. Last of all and most is, as there's no hope, it's a place where there's no love. The thing that's going to make hell the worst is love is not there. <laughs> 
Love is not there. It's gone. Gone forever. There'll never be no forgiveness. They'll never know the peace of God. They'll know they'll never know they're right with God. God will never relent. God will never, my brother, give a door of repentance. There'll never be this song sung anymore. There'll never be no sermons anymore. They won't have to talk about the preacher anymore. They won't holler that preacher right up with a dollar in hell. No, no. Come on. They won't scream the church just want to get some money out of us. People that do it say that usually never give anything anyhow. Come on. They hear me. Hell will never have a bit of love. The love of God will never reach them anymore. Impossible for God's love to ever penetrate their hell, bind them hand and foot. They're cast from His divine presence forever. God's love will never be there. The most blessed part about heaven is God's love. <laughs> the love of God's going to be in heaven forever. And to know the love of God and be associated with it for the years that you are associated with it is going to make heaven more richer for you. Come on. As much as you love, the, uh, as much as my brother as the love of God fills your life, just that much you're going to enjoy heaven. Come on. And just as much as you can reject the love of God, just that much, my brother, they're going to miss that kind of a love in hell. Forever! No love! Gone forever! Nobody to love them. Nobody to be interested in them. Nobody to save them. Notice the language of the Bible. A great God is fixed. Nobody can come out of the, this world and hell to, 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 to drag, take you out of it. There's no way in the world that men, men can go into hell and take uh, individuals out. There's no, tra uh, no bus service. Come on. You will never get out, brother. It's fixed the great gust. It's between between God Almighty and that sinner's plea and that sinner's a, a part of you. Your die is cast, the judgment set, and the sentence is executed, and you'll be under the wrath of God forever. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. Oh, wonderful, wonderful thing. With that same condition of life, our dies cast. <laughs> when we leave this world with the forgiveness of sins, <laughs> knowing that every sin's forgiven, everything that's made right with our Maker, and that every sin's confessed, and we have forgiveness of sins in the death of the Savior, knowing that we have peace with God, welcome us on the other side. We, you're headed for either two worlds, either a world of hate or a world of love. Which is it? A world where you'll ever enjoy the blessing and presence of God? A world where you'll ever be tormented by His presence? Come on. Somebody said, I cannot believe that. Well, all right. What, what do you do with a verse like this? The angels which kept not the first estate, but left their own habitation, hath he reserved in everlasting chains under darkness. And the Greek says under suffering. How long have the angels suffered since the creation of the world? If God did not spare the angels, and He had no gospel message for them, 
No Savior ever took on human uh, angelic flesh and died for them. No, my, hear me. No, uh, no one ever suffered for their forgiveness of sins. There was no gospel ever preached to the angelic host. They didn't have an opportunity to repent. They didn't have an opportunity to turn to, 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 their, to their Creator. They never had an opportunity to be remorse over their sin. They never had an opportunity to hear the songs of Zion. They never had an opportunity, my brothers, to turn back, uh, turn back and love God. And God would recant and forgive them. No, it's gone forever! An angel had been in hell 6,000 years. If God didn't spare the angels six, uh, after 6,000 years, you think he'll spare you? When he showed you mercy and showed you pardon, forgiveness, and the Savior's uh, stepped down and offered himself a sacrifice on the cross for your sin, and you heard the gospel time and time and time again, oh, you think he's going to spare you? 